Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. This is Melissa Dealey, your host, and I'm so excited because this is episode 20. And I can't believe I'm already at episode 20. I'm having so much fun with this podcast, bringing you this information and empowering you in your health. And I really hope that you are enjoying it. And I'm super excited today to bring you another amazing guest, Jenny Rice. Welcome, Jenny. Oh, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. So Jenny Rice is a mindset and accredited, accredited executive coach, speaker, podcast host of Winning with Wellness and the president of Your Holistic Earth, a global community advocating holistic wellness, connection and professional collaboration. So you can see why Jenny and I have crossed paths. Jenny is passionate about connecting others to the power of mindset and wellness. And when she is not pursuing her professional passions, Jenny can be found spending time in nature, getting grounded and finding inspiration. I love that, Jenny. And so often when I meet holistic practitioners, they have come to the work that they do today as a result of their own health journey. And I know that is true for you. So I would love you to share your story. <laughs> we all kind of get this proverbial two by four off the side of the head, don't we? We're like, exactly. I think I need to do this differently. Oh my goodness. Thank you for asking that. You know, it's, it's funny. I always think, uh, one story. There's so many things that led me to this to this new pathway. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one. I'd like to make sure that everyone knows it's not just this one moment, but it, you know this is a big one. And for me, it was being actually at the top of my game, super successful in work, super fit. You know, I had like the the abs and all the things and you know from the outside looking in I was the epitome of health and you know success I have beautiful family which I still do have thank goodness but uh, obviously I define my success extremely differently now and what was happening in my life was I was stressed out I was living what I felt was a lie I was in a place where I was constantly waiting for the ball to drop and fearful that one day I was going to get, you know, figured out that I wasn't good at what I was doing, that I wasn't, you know, all the accolades and all the success didn't really mean anything because I truly didn't believe it. So I was compounding my own stress. So I was overcompensating. I was giving 
way too much of myself and not refueling myself to the point where I actually, you know, I was in my mid forties, early forties, and I find myself trapped in this place of perpetual panic attacks in my sleep or anxiety, all of these things, you know, where you're just feeling this weight, this unnecessary overwhelming weight. And to the point where actually my heart health came into question. So here I am, like, like I said, totally ripped, super fit. And I'm strapped to a heart monitor at 40, 40-ish years old. I can't remember the exact time frame. And they're monitoring my health and my heart to see if I'm potentially a candidate for a heart attack. And that would have been the wake-up call you would think, but it wasn't actually. It was having to look at my daughters in the eyes and explain to them what was attached to my body and why. And it was in that moment, you think it was this like, you know, I wouldn't call it near death experience, but you would think it was just like, hey, come into health moment, right? Like things you were doing are not, are not well, but it was knowing that I was in that moment, the mirror for my children, for my daughters as a mother going like, oh, you're supposed to be burnt out. You're supposed to be the yes man. You're supposed to do all these things. And it was in that moment that I realized, holy smokes, if I don't change, this is the legacy I'm creating for my children. Yes, they are totally. independent, make their own minds, but we kind of do what we are taught. Thank you, Absolutely. mom. I love you. But some of this came from her. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> right? We do. We pass it down, right? And as a parent, yeah. well, I totally see that. That, And in any given moment, we're always trying to do the best that we can. But what we're drawing on to do the best that we can is our own experiences, which is what we were taught by our parents. And I can totally see how having to explain that to your daughters would be that wake up call, because how terrifying that is for them to understand that, well, she's really fit. You know, we see her work out. We see her try to live a healthy lifestyle. We see her working hard. We see her success what could be wrong with that? And yet here's this potential medical issue that's happening that's relating to her heart. And we know as young children, that's kind of scary, right? Yes. Yeah, and that, I, that's exactly it. Yeah. And I'm guessing that the, the reason you were attached to that heart machine was because of a racing heart that was triggered by all of this anxiety, right? They didn't Absolutely. understand why you had this racing heart. Yeah. yeah. And that was the interesting thing. They, so I had at this point was starting to change my diet. I knew I needed to change things in my life. I really wanted to move into a more holistic approach. And so again, I'm like, what the heck? I'm like doing all the things. And that is exactly the one thing I wasn't doing was changing my stress load. That's the one thing that I wasn't doing. So interestingly enough, she's like, you have to admit you have stress. I refuse to say the word. To me, it was like, if I say it, it's real. Right? <laughs> but also something that I've talked about in previous episodes, the world is the most stressed out that it has ever been, yes. even, even before COVID, right? Yeah. And we know that 95% of all doctor's visits are related back to stress levels. Absolutely. And we also discount or disregard our stress because we look around and see everyone else just distressed and they they all seem fine right 
And so we don't realize that it is actually a major health problem. It's a huge health problem. And what's so interesting about it is we, and I, I mean, I was the champion of denial, the champion of denial, because if we acknowledge that we're under stress, we can change it. You know, it's kind of this thing we don't realize like we, so you know, when we think to our primal brain and we get back into to the brass tacks of why we have that, that primal brain, it was to keep us safe and alive. Mm-hmm. So we're either, you know, defending ourselves against saber two tigers. Obviously, I, we don't need mail. I, I could, you know, maybe we didn't. I don't know. But we were in primal. So right now you could go out into the woods and run into a bear. That is like legit primal fear. Do I fight, flight or freeze? Right. Right. Stress, as we know, keeps us in this hyper state of fight, flight, or freeze. So our bodies aren't in necessarily in physical harm's way, but we are actually in harm's way all the time because we never actually come off of it. So if we think of that spike from running into a bear, I have actually had that happen. And I know what that feels like. I have the experience of your body just going into literally survival mode. (laughs) But when you know you're safe, you come down. Yes. Body balances and all things. But I didn't realize that because I was living in this perpetual, you know, I call it kind of the hamster wheel on Groundhog's Day, where it's just like, constant going, 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 and I don't know how to get off, your body never gets a chance to heal. So yeah, my heartbeat was completely related to stress. And ironically enough, they asked me to do two things, admit, change my life, and two, stop drinking caffeine, which was really interesting because the only caffeine I was drinking was one black cup of tea a day. So it's not like I was like a, you know, 60 pot of coffee kind of gal. Which so many people are. Right. So <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there to you listeners. I would really encourage you to stop thinking about ca- caffeine and, you know, change at least the quantity <laughs> that you're taking in. Hmm. And what was interesting is I've never had a problem since with my heart. So took action to lower your stress levels and you cut out that one cup of black tea. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I, I don't, um, I've often thought, Ooh, what if I tried it again? But uh, now, because it's out of my system, there's no point in putting it back, but you know, I often wonder, so was it the tea, but let's be real. It was the stress. Right. You know, right. And and don't get me wrong. I share this with you guys that are listening. Just know that I am in an enlightened state, right? Like I'm fully aware that stress is not good for me. Do I find myself in stressful moments again? Yes. But what's important about learning about stress and understanding your mindset around it is getting quicker to acknowledge when it's happening and creating tools around balancing it so that you can move into a a, a more comfortable state. We don't have to constantly be um, hiding our stress. You know, I put a voice to it, talk about it, share it with people. You don't have to do it all. And I think this is what happens to many of us, especially, uh, you know, in leadership roles. And trust me, I'm just going to share this. If you breathe air, you're probably a leader. Okay, so whether it's your friends, whether it's your family, whether it's your work 
if you breathe air, you are leading in some capacity. So just trust that there is a pathway to, to um, understanding how to manage stress in a healthy way. And I love that you mentioned that you can balance it. And also firstly, that when you acknowledge it, you can do something about it. Yeah. And I think that's what's really important for people is that awareness that I am stressed. So is everybody else, mm-hmm. but I have a choice to do something about it. And in understanding how stress impacts our health in many different ways, which I've talked about in my previous episodes, but understanding that and then having the awareness and then making the choice to do something about it. And it is about bringing it into balance. It's not about getting rid of all stress because we're never going to get rid of all stress. And some stress is good stress, right? The stress that gets us out of our comfort zone and growing is good stress. But I would love for you to share with the listeners your, maybe what you did, your tips for helping to balance stress. And not only that, but how the busy person, because you were obviously an extremely busy person, how you can do that in your busy lifestyle. Thank you for asking that. So I'm going to say something that sounds, I, I, this is kind of my favorite saying, and my clients that work with me are probably sick of hearing it, (laughs) but the ultimately habits equal freedom. So what I realized is I didn't have a lot of good habitual habits around certain areas that had high stress in my life. So my addiction to busy, that's what I like to call it. I was addicted to busy. I was a yes girl. And, you know, if you needed it, I was there. I never once dialed back and took a look at what needed to happen around my schedule. So my schedule was all over the map. So what I encourage people to do is when you are in, in your life and you're feeling overwhelmed by stress, start, just have a journal beside you. You don't have to be in depth on it, but just start writing a few notes about when you physically feel that you're feeling overwhelmed and what is causing it, right? So awareness, again, we kind of need to become aware of what the triggers are. So for me, it was not feeling like I ever had enough time. I never had enough time to do anything. I never had enough time to complete anything. I just felt like I was constantly behind that eight ball all the time. So once I started kind of becoming aware of the moments that that was really happening, I became extremely aware that I needed to take control over my schedule. So instead of saying yes to everything, getting really clear on time blocking. So things for me that were non-negotiable. So a couple of things that I realized very quickly being physically active is non-negotiable in my life. So I don't move that out of my schedule for anything. I get up in the morning and I do my Pilates in the morning. I walk my dog because he's amazing and gives me so much love. The least I can do is get that boy out down the road, right? (laughs) Like that's the least I can do for that guy. Totally. You know, those are my two minimums that have to happen. That's a non-negotiable. And I started creating rituals. And you can call it routine. Again, you can call it habit. I like the word ritual because to me, it sounds a little more spicy and a little more inviting. And I have morning rituals. So I set myself up. So I come to work. I come into my office. 
The very first thing I do is put my diffuser on with my essential oils for whatever I'm feeling my need is that day. So some days I need more energy. Some days I might need more clarity. Some days I just might be feeling well, and I need some peppermint just to jazz me up. So I set the stage that way. And then I make sure I have my water ready. And then I sit down and I do a few minutes of meditation. And then I open up my agenda and I actually look at it and I really sit with it and listen to what my work needs for me. I know some people are like, your work talks to you. If you listen to your, I, I'm a business owner, but if you listen to your work, it will tell you what it needs. Sounds crazy, but it works. And then I start my day. So if you notice, so I haven't consumed emails at that point, and I haven't consumed anything that's connected to my phone. For those that are listening, you can't see I'm picking up my phone right now. Because what I realize is those two things pull me into other people's agendas. Correct. It's so true. Right? Their so emergency true. becomes my priority mm -hmm. because of who I am. It's in my nature. So I've learned that I have certain times. So blocking time, it's very, very, you know, people, there's many belief system around, around it. Um, Michael Hyatt talks about it, but blocking time is a really powerful tool to keep you focused and centered. So for me, like I said, journaling and realizing the biggest trigger was my belief system around time. So I've put tools in place to own that. It's like, I am the master of my time. I love that. I love right. that. Mm -hmm. So that's just one thing, but again, it's the habits, but I'm going to, I'm going to implore that once you have your list, I, I tend to be an all or nothing kind of gal. Once you have your list, pick one thing. <laughs> yes. Right. One thing at a time, start with the big rocks and then the little medium rocks and then the little rocks. Cause if you try yeah. to do it all at once, what happens? We go right back into overwhelm, right? It's absolutely. So, and you know, the one thing that's so important about building a new habit and belief system that none of us really anchor into is the most important piece. And that's the celebration piece, mm -hmm. celebrating the success, celebrating the win around the habit, because does my habits still need work? A hundred percent. I spent, I'll be 50 in June. I spent 50 years building a habit. It takes a little bit of time to break it and design it and shape it. So it becomes a healthy habit. So just know you will slip off the wagon a little bit and you might, you know, you might revert back to the old ways. The key is acknowledging it and sliding back into the new pathway. And don't be angry at yourself because you slipped. So what? Shake I actually, I actually tell my clients to take that sliding off and look at it as a learning experience. Yes. Right. Oh, so what, what triggered you to slip off? Yes. And then understand that and also really think about how you're feeling now that you've realized you've slipped off mm -hmm. so that that gets programmed into your subconscious so the next time you start to go down that path that memory will come up sooner to stop you from slipping off as far right absolutely but it you're right it takes time to create new healthy habits to replace the old habits we want to get rid of and we're not going to be perfect and that's okay and beating yourself up for anything is just wasted energy and has you focusing on the negative as opposed to let's look at the positive. What can I learn from this and how do I keep moving forward? So I love that. 
And and that's the thing I think that's so important is if you find yourself slipping a lot, ask yourself to dig into the why you're changing the habit to begin with and get really clear on the why. And I'm not talking the surface why, you know, like, ooh, I want to look good in those pants. Like if you're trying to lose weight, get to the the really emotional connection to why you want to lose weight and dig in. And it could be that, again, mine was around time. I needed to get, well, for one, it was killing me legitimately. (laughs) I mean, that's a big why. But realistically, my why is so that I can be here and healthy and connected with my family. That, that, you know, that was the most important thing. I was doing it all for them. All of this was under this guise that I was doing it for them. And the reality was it wasn't serving them at all. They weren't happy I was killing myself doing these things. And probably irritable and cranky and taking it out on them a little <laughs> right. bit too, right? I would like to say that, yes, I, you know, we want to all pretend that like, but no, yeah, you snap a little bit more than you want to when you're in a total reactive mode. And I think the greatest gift about creating habits and, you know, building that habits freedom philosophy is you are in a responsive mode. You're living in a place of response versus react. And again, I'm never going to sit here on this like glass house and say, do I always stand in that? No, but I do more often than not. And that's the most powerful part about it. So I just encourage you guys to try it. Yes, You've got nothing to lose. You've got nothing to lose by trying a new way. And even just trying it you know, one time you can actually notice the difference in how it brings you out of that, you know, chronic stress state that you were talking about. Because interestingly enough, just yesterday I was working with a client and she came to the call after not being able to come to the last two. And she does much better when we meet weekly. And when you miss calls, she's struggling, right? So she comes to the call. uh, She'd I had to call her because she was late because time had got away from her. She had no idea what time it was. But when she came on, I could physically see in her body, she was just in complete overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And so I got her to do basically what you were just talking about. I said, I just, she's like, I have all this stuff that I have to do before Sunday. I said, okay, I want you to take a piece of paper and I want you to write down everything. Have you made a list? And she said, no. I said, so it's all swimming around in your head. And she said, yes. And I said, so your poor brain is trying to make sure it doesn't forget anything. And it can't focus on one thing while it's working so hard not to forget anything. Right. So I said, I want you to write it all down. And she did. And then we went through that list and I said, what are the things on that list that must be done before Sunday? So then yes. she narrowed that down to just seven things of a full, you know, page. Like they heard she right, right, in, yeah. in two minutes, right? She didn't run out of things to write. She had the whole page, but she narrowed it down to just seven that had to be done before Sunday. And then I said, now I want to ask you to ask yourself, does it have to be done by me? And if it has to be done by you, you're going to put another asterisk next to it. So she did that. Now she's down to three things. And then I said, for the other four, I need you to assign a name to who you're actually going to ask to do those things. So she did that. And she actually had index cards with her. So then she walked away with a list of the three things she had to do. And the four things she was going to get her spouse and kids to help her with. Powerful. And I could see in her body the shift. 
And she's like, oh my God, I can do this, right? So your example and this example are really doable for anybody who Mm -hmm. it started with two minutes of writing it down and then narrowing it down to what is manageable and keep going through that. So I said, when you get to Sunday night, you're going to do it again because I know you've got more things on your list and then you're going to decide what has to be done before Wednesday, which is the next time we meet. And work it through. So it's very powerful to write it down for those listeners that are thinking, yeah, I don't journal or I don't want to do that. I'm good with keeping it all in my head. You don't realize how much else your brain is trying to do. And so if you give it a break by writing some of this down, so your brain can let go of it, just that helps to bring the stress level down. Well, and the awareness around it too is extremely powerful because like you say, you can prioritize it. And what happens as well, like, and, and anybody, I think that's redesigned their schedule and gotten control of their schedule. I have way more, I'm way more productive than I was because like you say, my mind was all over the place. So for those of you that don't like to write, you all have a phone. In this day and age, I would be shocked if you don't have a phone. If not, you got a computer. You're listening to this program somehow. Use it to record your voice. If you are not a writer, you don't have to be a writer. Get an app that records your voice and either puts it into text or just a voice recorder. If you have an Apple phone, it's already on there for you. But get it out of your mind and get it somewhere. Because that is the most powerful gift you can give yourself is that release. Because another thing I want to share is for those of you that have trouble sleeping, because your mind is so active, it's because you don't slow down enough during the day for it to give you its ideas, thoughts and and suggestions. So it does it at night. Because it's the only time you're quiet. So I encourage you (laughs) to to just carve out, you do not have to become like a master meditator or yoga person, just sitting in silence for a few minutes to let them, the ideas flow is really, really important. If you can meditate in that, that's great. But if it's not your thing, you just need to slow down to speed up, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. And I love all that you've said there. And you know, it's funny. I love my yoga and did my yoga practice this morning. And in fact, I time block and make sure that my self-care time is in my calendar in the morning. And if, if something else comes along in the morning, then I still have the power to shift that time to another time in the day, as opposed to, oh, it's just gone. And every once in a while, I'll have a mistake in my calendar and it's not there. And then something will come into my calendar. I'm like, how did that happen at that time? That's my time. And then I say, oh, I didn't have it booked. And so I check my calendar for weeks ahead to make sure it is booked. But um, that's, it's so, so important to be prioritizing this and creating a system that works for you. Yeah. You know, and I I really want to anchor this in for anyone that's listening. Putting yourself first isn't selfish. It is gifting to the people that you are with and that you love. Because when you are full and fueled and healthy, you can give the best version of yourself to the people that you care the most. 
otherwise, like I was a great example of trying to do everything. And I was sliding into home base all the time, hoping I was going to make it and looking like a train wreck all the way there where now I come, I'm, I'm in a place of, of comfort. I'm in a place of knowing. I'm in a place of, of actually authentically living my life and being able to share my truth. And this isn't everyone's pathway and I don't expect it to, but if it inspires you to think a little bit about doing it differently so that you're your own priority, you are giving to the world more than you could ever imagine because they're getting the best version of you. And I love that. And like you have sayings that your clients are sick of hearing, I have some too. (laughs) (laughs) I went around self-care. That self-care is the most selfless act because it allows you to show up and give the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. Yeah, I love that. That was me before. Like I grew up thinking, well, you know, as a mom, you got to look after everyone else first. And I'm working in the corporate world. and, And I thought it was selfish to look after me until I got into my health coaching certification and heard a similar version of that. And I kind of took it and tweaked it and made it my own. But um, that was a really big aha for me mm-hmm. that self-care is the most selfless act, exactly as you said. And so I hope listeners who were in both of our shoes <laughs> today that are feeling like they have to take care of everyone else first can really take that to heart because I certainly noticed that after I made the changes for myself, that my kids no longer pushed my buttons. Amen to that. And that was powerful because it meant there was so much less yelling in the house, right? I just didn't respond and react anymore to them pushing my buttons because my threshold was so much higher and I could react in a calm way or respond in a calm way to whatever was going on instead of losing it. (laughs) And it's so true. I have a saying in our home that I'm always like, pick and choose your battles. They're not all worth winning. But when you're drained and exhausted and tired, you're in fight mode. It doesn't matter what it is. It's so true. We're, we're so reactive and, um, we don't see, we're already in, when we're in that heightened state of, of lack, we are already perceiving and assuming what's coming at us, even if the intention might not be what it was. So we put our negative spin. It's kind of like getting a text. You read a text and you're like, "Mm, this person's being rude. How do you know that? Like, how do you really know that? Unless they call you like an F-bomb or something, like how do you really know? (laughs) But we're putting our own spin on it. And the same thing happens when we're in this state of of lack and scarcity is we are automatically expecting everyone at us because we are so depleted. We can't rise, rise to the challenge. You know, it's like, can you do this for me, mom? Can you do this for me, mom? Can you do this for me, mom? And you, you know... At my low points, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> and now I'm like, actually, give me a minute. And, and, you know, however, if you need an answer right now, it's no. But if you give me time to process it, I can give you a better answer. Right. Like, right. you know, where before I'd be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I need 10 minutes. Give me a minute. <laughs> so those are some fabulous tips. Do you have any more to share with oh the audience goodness. just around, um, 
other action steps people can take to be lowering their stress level? I think, you know, I alluded to it in reference to falling off the, you know, building habits, really get clear on why you want to create new ways of being in your life. You know, what is the, what is the core root of that? If you understand your why, it really will become your moral compass in the decisions that you make. And it will help you on the hard days. It will be help you to to say no potentially. And, you know, I think one thing when I, when I share that, I want people to realize when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. So getting really clear, if it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no, you know, like, so if I work in the evenings, if I have to work in the evenings for whatever, be it, let's say I'm being interviewed on a podcast, for example, I know we're doing ours during the day, but whatever that might be, it's generally not my habit to work in the evenings or weekends because that's my family time. So when I say yes to something that's in the evening, I am consciously, consciously taking time away from that other piece. So when we are answering and saying yes all the time, we aren't consciously being clear on what we're saying no to. So once you know what you're saying no to, you'll determine very quickly, is that project worth it? Is saying yes to that worth it? I love that. I love that. And it's just a very, very good reminder because so many of us are givers. And again, we think we need to be saying yes to everything because if we don't do it, who else is going to do it? I, I've been there. <laughs> No. or you're building I learn a I had to learn whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had to learn how to say no and even the first time I said no I was really conscious of my brain actually saying at the same time as I'm stepping into my power and practicing saying no to someone my brain is going oh come on just do it you could do it with your hands tied behind your back it would be easy Exactly. I had to shut that down yeah. to say no to a prove to myself that I could say no and strengthen the muscle of saying no. And that was really fascinating to experience being aware of my brain saying something completely different to what was coming out of my mouth. But it was a conscious choice to have those words come out of my and mouth. It's so interesting. It's almost like an enlightening moment, you know, and this is the thing I think that's important for all of us to kind of just give ourselves grace as we try these things and move into these things, because we don't know exactly how to handle it. Cause I was a yes girl. Oh my gosh. I still probably am a little bit. And what I realized is I had to come up with a trick. So I'm going to share this with you guys. Use it if it resonates with you. But my response is always, that sounds amazing. Let me get back to you. I need to check my schedule. I love that. I teach that. It's perfect. And it's <laughs> right? powerful. Yeah, because powerful. it gives you time to pause to find out what am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? Does this lead me to my why? And if it doesn't, it's a no. <laughs> And it's okay to say no. It is okay. It's absolutely to say okay. No. Because if you say yes, you're taking that opportunity from somebody else. Yes. Who could be saying yes. And it is leading them to their why. So we always have to remember that. So yeah. I love that. Some great tips here. Thank you so, so much. My pleasure. So I also want to talk a little bit about um, your holistic earth. 
Okay. And this organization bringing holistic practitioners together. So if you could just share a little bit more about that, that would be wonderful. So I, it's a, it's a community that I am so honored to be the steward of. I'm the president of your holistic earth, but really it is a community of amazing individuals that come together to support wellness. And I think what's amazing is it, it gives people choice and opportunity to move into that proactive healthcare model. And I, you know, I always want to make it very clear allopathic medicine and modern medicine or westernized medicine is amazing. It has its place and we need it. But I think, and we believe in this community that if we can do proactive healthcare, we are in a stronger state. We are in a, you know, we're taking health into our own hands. And then when we need the other stuff, it's like, all right, it's available. Let's go. (laughs) So realistically, we are this beautiful community that supports wellness or health seekers to find resources that might be outside of what they've normally experienced. So it can be anywhere from naturopathic medicine, chiropractic care, it can be spiritual support, nutrition, much like yourself, you know, Melissa. So it's a place for people to come to find all types of opportunities to support their own wellness. So I really like to call it like rediscovering or or redefining your wellness. And we want to ignite wellness warriors. That's what we're looking for. We want people to to get inspired about doing things a little bit differently and finding new ways to do it. Because if it was working what you were doing, you wouldn't need support. 100%. If it's not working, it's okay. There are people out there to support you. And the modalities and the different techniques out there that are available to support us that are outside of that standardized um, medical field is unbelievable. Like I, every day I'm learning about a new modality I didn't even know existed. And the healing that it does is so powerful. I mean, what you do alone, Melissa, I mean, we are what we eat. It is so important. So, you know, you're a champion of this message too. And what's beautiful is we have a space for people to come to find those people because there can be a lot of time wasted looking for Yes. looking for those resources. So yeah. we are we are a community where people can come and search our website. We have free events. You can be a free member. I'll actually share the link with you, Melissa, if you want to put it in the show notes that people can come and yep. be a, a free member and check it out and learn. And the cool thing is if you're called to action, do it. And if you're not, that's okay because we want to inspire choice. <laughs> right. That's- and you may not be called to action now, but what I also love about it And I've said this before on podcasts too. So at the risk of repeating myself, (laughs) we have social networks, you know, the same people that we enjoy spending time with. We have business networks, we have sporting networks, and why not have a health network? Because if you have a health network and then something goes wrong with your health and you are feeling like crap and under the weather and needing help, it's so much harder to find the resources in that moment when you're already feeling like crap and low energy. If you already have a network that in that moment you can go to, you know exactly who to reach out to, or at least an organization that can help point you where you need to go. That's amazing. So don't wait to get sick and then try to figure out your health network. Do it now so that you know if you get sick, 
where to turn for help and support. And I think that's something really powerful about your holistic earth, that it is one website with all of these different practitioners and all of these different modalities so that, you know, people can easily find what they're looking for or options, even if they're not hundred percent sure what they're looking for yet, there's many options. Yes. And as you said, at the very beginning, there was no one thing that brought you to that place. Yes. On someone's healing journey, there also isn't necessarily one modality towards healing. One modality will lead you down a healing path that might introduce you to another that takes you to the next level of health. So having this network is incredibly powerful. So as we wrap this up, Jenny, I just want to ask you, what does don't wait for your wake up call mean to you? You know, that's an interesting thing to answer because I kind of have my wake up call with the whole heart situation. <laughs> so I would encourage. So from that moment, I realized now I need to listen to the signs. Mm. My body and my life was telling me over and over and over again that I was suffering, that I was in pain. It might not be pain with like a broken arm pain, but I was in pain. So acknowledging the signs before it becomes that was that was my body saying if you don't listen we're going to make you listen so you don't want to get to that place where you are flat on your back or you know you're hitting a brick wall or you know you're making a bad decision with substances whatever that means so listen to the signs we are not designed to be in pain that's not how we were built So if you're experiencing pain, whatever that means to you, listen. Yes. Another often stated quote that I have is listen when your body whispers so it doesn't have to yell at you. Yes. Because it will if we don't listen, right? It will. will. (laughs) So thank you so, so much for joining me here today. I've thoroughly enjoyed this interview with you. Please tell the listeners how they can get hold of you if they would like to reach out. Uh, super simple. You can email me at Jenny at your holistic earth and it's .ca. Super easy. You can also track me down through our website, which is www.yourholisticearth.ca. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. And just as we wrap, what is one final message that you would like to leave the audience to inspire them to take action today? If not now, when? Oh, I love that. I love that. Thanks so much, Jenny. Thank you. And to all of the listeners out there, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to having you join me again next week. So just before we wrap up, I'm excited to let you know that my next health kickstart and detox program is starting soon. It starts on July the 6th. And if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you will be starting to understand the impact that toxins has on our body and the difference we can make in our health outcomes simply by getting those toxins out. So this is a group program over four weeks. The first week is setting you up for success on the detox. Then we talk about nutrition and the right way to eat for your unique body. I follow that with a week on digestion and understanding how to optimize that so your body can actually break down the food that you're eating and you can benefit from the vitamins and minerals that are contained in that food. And the last week is all about sugar, 
where it's sneaking into your diet and how to get it out. And of course, I wrap it all up with a bonus video at the end that I sent to you on how not to retox after your detox and how to come off that detox and take these new habits into your daily life so that you can enjoy better health. So I'll put the link into the show notes for that program. You can check it out as well as my quiz, the Discover Your Toxic Load Quiz. If you haven't done that yet, you might want to do that because the results will show you whether you should be doing a seven, a 14, or a 21-day detox. Most people do start with a 21-day detox because, of course, we live in a toxic world, and it's time to get those toxins out. So check that out in the show notes. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.